0: You're listening to Strengthen Bonds, an Async Twilight Imperium podcast, episode 14. Y'all love Titans and Nasroka. I'm your host, BLT. excited to be here again normally I like to kick off these episodes with something that's just kind of on my mind not an actual segment but I'll tell you what my seven-year-old daughter who's been on the show pup rock if you remember her uh, has been waking up in the middle of the night multiple times for like the past four or five days and I got nothing that is the only thing on my mind <laughs> I'm just trying to make it through uh, I do have a bunch of stuff I want to go through today but there is a uh, there is nothing interesting to kick the show off with this week besides that um so let's just go right into uh the best thing i saw this week so there is a, a channel called like stats corner um if you and if you've noticed in there but will has been doing some amazing stuff with stats stuff that i just think is really cool so i just want to share some of those things um he has been checking the 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 winning path so like um what made up the 10 points that went into someone's final score? And there's like 130 or 180, I forget, you know, different ways people have scored 10 points, which is incredible to me. Um, so let me just share some of those things with you. Uh, I guess the most common winning path is four stage ones, one stage two, three secrets, and a support. 13% of all wins follow that formula. Four stage ones, stage two, three secrets, and one support for the throne. Not far behind that with 9% is 5 Stage 1s, 0 Stage 2s, 3 Secrets, Support, and Custodians or Imperial. So I think that's like kind of the the, the general logic, is if you're not going to get Custodians Imperial, then you have to get the Stage 2, and that seems to be checking out. About 22% of all games finish one of those two ways, and then it starts dropping off pretty quick after that. In addition, it looks like 71% of 6-player 10-point games... Uh, the winner had one support for the throne in their play area. 20% of the time, they had zero. Um, and apparently one game, someone had all five supports in their play area. I do not know how that happened. But um, the cool thing that is uh, built onto this, what uh, that wheel did, is that when you check in the PBD Chronicle, like after your game's over, it will actually say, so just for example, this was one I saw today, uh, PBD 1799, Sentinel Chicken 1 with five stage ones zero stage twos three secrets zero supports one shard and one custodian imperial point point. and then it says that out of all the similar games this path has only been seen four other times before um so i just think that's kind of cool um to just quantify that he also uh made a really it's a lot easier to see now but like the least and most played factions so ignoring all the uh, you know Homebrew, Discord Stars stuff, and also ignoring Claris because they're kind of implemented weird in the bot. It kind of makes their numbers kind of funky. The most played factions in Async are, uh, starting from the most played down, uh, Titans, Nasroka, Jolnar, Argent, Soul, Cabal, Nomad, Imperian, and I could keep going. But um, top three is Titans, Nas, and Jolnar. I think that basically checks out. Those are kind of fan favorites. Least played, you probably will not be surprised, um, is winning at the bottom mentak yin arborek and sardak uh, it looks like winu and mentak have been played about half as much as like Nazroka and titans which again probably people will not think is surprising but giving a that of quantified i always just think is uh is pretty cool all right with that let's go right into the weird game mode of the week this one uh is a little bit old-ish at this point but this is um i talked about fog of war last week like or maybe it was a couple weeks ago, I don't remember what I talked about Fog of War, but recently talked about Fog of War uh, as a whole weird game of its of its own. But within Fog, you can get like a bunch of different uh, really weird like variants because of the the fog. Um, so I might just go through a few just like really quick right now. Um, fog or Fog of War Thirty was a, a game run by Aranis. Uh Each faction was a team, which was fun, but also Cabal was actually controlled by Aranus, the GM. Um, and, and was not like, you know, trying to win, but it was just kind of there eating people <laughs> and controlling stuff. I think, I think for this game, there was like no Mechatol Rex, um, but Cabal's home system counted as, as, as custodians points. um, every single round Aaronus would just move the tiles around, like basically randomly. So like you might suddenly be next to someone's home system that you weren't before, um, including hyperlanes sometimes. And so like, it's just a very, you didn't really know what was going to happen. I um, mean, then at some point somebody, uh, I think Mahak maybe, but like decided to like start trying to chat with Cabal and, uh, made a deal where Cabal like paid them to eat like two war sons or something. I, I <laughs> it's been a little while, but it was wild time. Um, And again, I think Fog lets you do stuff like that. I think just quickly too, um, Fog 41 was won by Holy Teaspoon where it was 10 players, if I remember right, with his own custom um, strategy cards. But the deal with there was like there were 15, I don't actually know how many, but there were these vassals. And so they were not players. They were just kind of confined to their home system. But the intent was you could like take over a vassal's home system and then you'd get there. Uh, agent and their pn maybe or right you know and, and some some trade goods if they had them stuff like that you could also like ask the vassals and how they could like send you on quests um and and if you accomplish that they could maybe give you something um i had a ton of fun playing in that one i think my only like minor just like maybe disappointment not even a critique but just it, If you're also trying to go for points, uh, all the vassals that I saw were so well defended that it was very—I couldn't imagine ever like taking one over. Um, So, so, so figuring out some way to make the vassals like uh, more of a part of that game would have would have maybe been cool. But I mean, again, really cool time to have like that many people all all in this enormous, enormous map. Um, And then also, I'm GMing a game right now where the idea is you've got one player playing um, the fish faction from discordant stars. It's pronounced fish. It's spelled G H O T I. And they're on their own team and they've got a few advantages, but the intent is that uh, there's three other teams of two and whichever team kills the fish flagship first uh, wins. There's no points like that is it. And I think they, they've they set it up. So it's like if, if the fish survives like seven rounds or something, then they win. Um, so that's exciting. There's just a bunch of stuff with fog that you can do. And so, like, kind of combined, that's what I'll call the weird game mode of the week. Uh, if you've got an idea for a weird fog game, feel free to reach out. I, I might be maxed out on GMing myself right now, but um, I'm always intrigued by by this kind of stuff. Um, let's do the weird rules thing of the week next. So this is just kind of a thing that I feel like comes up every once in a while. I'm um, just put my nerd hat on for a second among nerds and... Um, so the question is, is like you play an action card and then there's a window for people to sabotage it. What do you have to reveal about that action card before people decide whether or not to sabotage it? Um, so in general, you have to do like the first sentence of the action card. Um, so if the, if, 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 The card is like, you know, choose one hazardous planet. You have to declare which hazardous planet you're choosing before people um, have to respond to 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 Sabotage or not. Um, You're not allowed to like fake people out or like, you know, you you have to declare what that is. Uh, But there are some weird ones uh, that that, that can be kind of confusing. So a couple of my favorites are signal jamming. It says choose one non-home system that contains or is adjacent to one of your ships. So that's what you have to do. You have to choose a non-home system before sabotages come in. And then it says place a command token from another player's reinforcements in that system. But because that's like the second sentence, you don't actually have to say which command token you're putting in that system. Now, usually that's obvious, um, but that's one where you can kind of be a little like tricky. Uh, Maybe someone doesn't sabotage because they're not sure you're gonna put their token in, something like that, that's kind of fun. Um, dirt funding is just another example where it says action, return a non-unit upgrade, non-faction technology that you own to your technology deck so you do have to declare what you're returning because that's the first sentence then it says then research another technology again you do not have to tell which technology you're going to research before people decide whether or not to sabotage so um there's a few exceptions where it's kind of like wait wait a second you're kind of you're kind of not really saying what's going on but most of the time because of the way the cards are worded you kind of do have to say what you're planning to do with your card before people would um be forced to decide whether or not to sabotage. So that is, it uh, feels like that comes up every once in a while. And that is what I'll call the weird rules thing of the week, bringing me into um, possibly my favorite segment. I don't know if I love tech as much as like, JDM Jedi or Expendable or some of these other people, um, but I, I do really like it. It's really fun. Um, so I really like this segment and I'm shuffling my my cards right now, taking the one off the top. And, oh, finally, we get we get kind of a non, um, everybody likes this tech, this is Gravity Drive. Gravity Drive is a blue tech, it has a one blue prerequisite, and it says, after you activate a system, apply plus one to the move value of one of your ships during this tactical action. I saw a poll one time, I did not see the final results, uh, but they were kind of crowdsourcing like which techs are best and kind of doing it, you know, matchup style. And I think I saw Lightwave Deflectors win, or was winning at the time. But Gravity Drive was number two, and I am not surprised. Um, when you play a game without Gravity Drive or any kind of unit upgrade, you just realize kind of how far apart every single thing is. You know, suddenly uh, Megatol Rex is three activations from your home system. I mean, that's that's the whole. That's half the game to get anything to to Mechatol Rex if you were going to do that. Gravity Drive cuts that in half. Uh, you know, now I can move two spaces with one thing. If I've got our destroyer, suddenly I can move three spaces. I can move four with a, with a cruiser two. Um, I can, I can upgrade my carriers so they can all move two. And then I can also move one, uh, you know, dreadnought with it or my flagship or something. Gravity drive is just the best because moving pieces around is expensive, um, I'm in a game right now as Sardak where I have two systems with no units on them at all. I have like a destroyer hovering above both of them or something. And I would really like to defend them. I'd really like to have some of my ground forces there. And it's just too expensive to to spend a token to move stuff back over there. It's 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 hard to move things around. And so everything that lets you do that more efficiently and get things in the right spots is going to be useful uh, i think i'm just underselling gravity drive i'm trying to to describe like how interesting this is but like i said i'm kind of low on sleep so probably just not doing it justice um but yeah gravity drive is great um last final thing on this i guess is again i don't know how absol does this um but a couple of general themes i've seen with homebrew on this is one to kind of take it back to what it used to be which i actually don't know what it used to be i should i don't have my my uh copy of third edition like with me right this second but Um, But some people will try to turn this into something that works only with Gravity Rifts, which you can see kind of making sense, Um, almost making it like a Crucible sort of thing. Um, Or I've seen people make it so you have to exhaust it. Um, And apparently, even then, it's it's quite good. So Gravity Drive, I think every game I don't have Gravity Drive, I regret it. I think pretty much every single time. So that is the Tech of the Week. And again, it's better than I just said. I think I am underselling how good a tech uh, Gravity Drive is all right we um have had guests on the last two weeks and i really like that i think talking to them is far more interesting than just listening to me talk i think that the point of this show ultimately is to kind of get people connected better and hearing people's voice and their opinions i think helps with that a lot so i am going to keep working on getting guests on the show that is important to me it is also um a time commitment. It takes longer to do the interview, to set it up to, uh, or the interview, the chat, you know, I'm this is not trying to make it that formal. Um, and, and then just to, to do the, the editing just takes longer when there's two people involved. So like I said, I'm definitely going to do it as often as I can, but not every time. And so between those is when I'm kind of slipping things like, let's go back to my tier list. Um, so I, last time I, I think a while ago I shared my D tier which was um, L1 and Barony. And so let's talk about uh, C tier. So I actually have C tier is pretty big. Uh, again, going back to JDM Jedi's kind of description, like these are ones that I, I don't want to ever take them in the first round of a multi-draft. Uh, but they are good with um, a good slice and good speaker order. And so there's a lot in this tier, generally, where if I can kind of get them set up correctly, uh, I actually think that they're quite good. But if I cannot get them set up correctly, they, they may not be. Um, um, and when I say quite good, I'm not. Again, I'm still not saying they're A tier, but their you know, but their potential gets up there. And in fact, I'm gonna make I'm gonna make a f- switch on the fly right here as I'm looking at my list. But um, so let me just go through these, talk about them a little bit. Again, not gonna go super deep into all these things, but um, let's start again, kind of going from the bottom. So number 23 is uh, I'm part of C tier is Winu winu is a faction that i kind of like the idea of playing kind of for the challenge um i do want to win a game as winu at one point i had a game as Winu where i was very close i kind of kept to myself and defended and hunkered down and and felt like i played a good game but yin just wrecked me um even with all my preparation and stuff uh, around four or five so um but they're just I, i i want to feel kind of defensive i don't want to be right next to you know cabal I um, kind of have to be in the mood to play them. And, and as everyone says, other than their hero, like they are actually like relatively weak, so I'm just going to put Winu there. Um, but again, not D tier. I would, I would play these guys, but just kind of everything else has to kind of line up for me. After that is Sardak at number 22. I am, in, again, I've played a few games with these guys now. They are hard to make win. Um, they are really fun. I really love being able to move the, the guys around. I always am torn. I really want to just like go almost shipless and just... Ignore blue tech and get their red tech and just like eat people. But again, it's just my my, my play style is so un non aggressive that um, I don't maybe get that out of StarDac very much. Um, and again, I like tech, so starting with zero is always a bit rough. But um, but they have they have cool things again. I like I like their commander. I like their agent. So you know Stardeck's pretty low for me. But with the right setup, I, I would take them. I have Cabal in at twenty one, and it's kind of another thing where I'm not trying to hate on Cabal, but their their playstyle does broadly involve um, being good at moving around and, and, and a little bit aggressive. I mean, I don't want to oversell that. Obviously, you can use Vortex. There's other ways you can kind of get the benefit of Cabal, but um, I just haven't I haven't yet had a really good game with them either. <laughs> so uh, maybe once I do, I'll I'll, I'll shovel this around, but. Um, have them relatively low. and then i'm gonna put i'm gonna put extra next. This is where it starts getting kind of tricky for me in the c tier. and so I, I don't want to pretend that there's like a lot of difference between these here, but extra is just one where I really struggle to get them going out of the gate at all. I don't really mind slow factions. In fact, I've been playing Necro a few times lately and really just feeling like that difference between round two and round four, Where suddenly in round four, I'm like, you know, suddenly I have 10 techs or something, and, and it's a lot of fun, but round one and two, I, I feel like I'm just barely holding on. x does that a little bit for me, but I also just, I can't decide how I want to play them. I can't decide if I want to go War Sons, I can't decide if I want to just go Blue, I, you know, Cruiser 2. I, I kind of am just struggling to figure them out, so I'm going to put them here. Um, but they are a lot of fun after you get their hero online, um, so if you can prioritize that, then again, not trying to hate. Just I'm going to have them at number 20, and then... Let's put Mentak at number 19. I've only played one game as Mentak. I think this could shift around as well, but the big thing for me is I don't really want to play Mentak if I can't uh, more or less guarantee tech in round one or two, especially particularly round one, and I also really don't want to play them unless I have um, a yellow skip. And so, again, this is just what I'm saying with, with 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 tier C, good speaker order, good slice, I can feel very good with Mentak and... Uh, and have fun playing them, but I, I'm just gonna put them below some other people. So that is what I'm gonna call Tier C2: uh, Winu, Sardak, Cabal, Extra, and Mentak. And we will come back to this tier list in further or, or future episodes where I don't have guests on. And with that, I'm gonna kind gotta of go into you know the the finale here with the various updates. And one new segment here that I am gonna start including is PBD 2000. Uh, yeah, we crossed 2000 games. Like this last week, and it's just wild. Y'all are playing a lot of games, um, but this is set up by Baldric. This is kind of another, you know, celebration community sort of game like PBD one hundred or five hundred or a thousand. Um, really quick, PBD a thousand is going to be the one with like sixty four factions. I forgot to talk to Chastet about this when I had it on, but I meant to. Um, it actually we do not have enough tiles represented in the bot for this game two happened uh, so kudos to Arenus who's been putting a ton of effort there to add more tiles in to make that game possible but that is why 2000 is starting before 1000 um it happens like i said we're a pretty casual server here but okay so so baldrick set up pbd 2000 and this is different it's going to be a little bit quicker it's not going to be quite as huge as like a hundred or a thousand but um but all 25 factions are going to be represented here's how it's going to be there's going to be five games six players each five games all 25 factions are going to be represented, which leaves five more um, factions that need to be in there. Um, and, and so in each one of these games, there's going to be a faction that's like a secret faction. Nobody except that faction knows how it scores points. It's not allowed to score public objectives. Um, it does, No one knows its abilities. And they're like competing with actually the other four secret factions in the other four games. Not so much with their own galaxy, if that makes sense. So so each 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 game, five games, each game's going to have a winner. And those five go to the finals. And then one of the secret faction uh, teams are, is going to also go to the finals. Um, this draft is happening right now. Um, Sunshine Punch was kind enough to, to let me join his team. Uh, he also was uh, lucky enough to get fifth pick. So we got the last of the secret factions. I think it's called the Syndicate. I don't know anything about it. Uh, if I did, I still couldn't tell you, but I, I, I don't know. I don't know anything about this faction. Um, but I'm very excited just to kind of see how this all goes. I want to see how people play it when they're still try, kind of trying to win, but there's this faction that like they literally don't understand what how it works <laughs> because, it's again, it's secret. Um, so I'll just keep you updated on this. I'm excited to kind of see this uh, start getting up, going here in the next little bit. For Async Rank, we have three new Ministers and two new agents, so congratulations. Um, The minister rank goes to anybody who wins a TIGL game and doesn't already have a rank, and then agents are folks who win a TIGL game against others who are at the minister rank already or higher, and so the new ministers since last episode are Arterial, Yamuk, and Walrus Berserker, and then we have two new agents. Um, So we're up to seven now. Two new agents are Micmac Moose. Uh, He actually won that game where I was in it, and he eliminated me basically round one as Arborek. So uh, congratulations. I kind of thought maybe people would try to punish him for that, but uh, I guess that says something. Anyway, congratulations to Mac Moose. And Fled Unicycle, who uh, also is a new agent, he, uh, by the way, is just crushing it in TIGL this season. He has played nine log games. He has won five of them. Um, he's trying to hide that, but I won't let him get away with it. Um, Other notable results, by the way, just since I'm on this, is uh, Bam Bam has won three out of his four TIGL games this season, and Big Al Cappuccino has won both of his TIGL games this season. So I guess keep an eye out for these folks. All right, final thing here is recent bot updates. Finn continuing to bless us. He has made it so that um, secret objective discarding is done in order. So the real rules of the game are... Uh, if, if everyone has three secrets just to keep it simple someone plays imperial um the primary includes drawing a secret objective and then discarding one and that and then that deck should be shuffled so the one you just discarded as as the active player is available in that deck for the next person to potentially draw then they draw discard one shuffle again etc going all the way around and again in practice there's enough secrets in the deck that that probably doesn't matter but you know it could matter. Like someone could discard one that you could end up, end up getting. And so like it technically, you know, it technically matters. We usually ignore this in async because again, it doesn't usually matter. And it is actually kind of a big pain depending on the game and the players to to wait. Um, so what Finn has implemented is a way that you can just kind of click, you know, draw a secret objective. But if it knows that someone in front of you should may have to discard, it will wait for them to either discard their secret and follow, or to, to say that they're not following, and then it will just automatically draw your secret for you at that time. So again, this bot just keeps blowing my mind. It is awesome. If you listened to last episode with Somno, it has come a very, very long way. Um, and that's our episode this week. I appreciate you bearing with me uh, and listening to this episode of Strength and Bonds. You can subscribe to this show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podcast Addict, and probably some other places. If you liked this episode, leave a comment on the episode discussion in Discord or come by the sandwich bar to chat about the show. And remember, go take your turns.